Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta. Nick Short joining us today, not uh, Rocky Magana. It is Christmas, so thankfully uh, Nick's stepping up, filling in for Rocky in uh, one of the most frustrating losses uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era for the Kansas City Chiefs as they fall to the Raiders 20-14 to on Christmas Day. I'm... And Kramer Sanson's in the background celebrating right now. Um, I'll decide if I want to give Kramer a Christmas present and bring him to the stage as his Raiders take down the Chiefs. But just uh, a very upsetting, frustrating loss. Uh, All of us working on Christmas Day to watch the Chiefs put that together, Nick. And I've got notes. I've got all the things, all the highlights, all the things we can go through today. But I don't even want to do it. I want to get in. I want to get out. Uh, Just unbelievably frustrating performance by the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday. We showed up to work, Serta. You and I, Christmas Day, holidays, put that on the back burner. We showed up to work today, which is more than we can say for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Listen, (laughs) I don't have any notes either, and I'm not going to – I know there's a note sheet. I'm not looking at it. This is what we need to know. The the Raiders quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, threw for 62 – Yards, 62 yards. He went 9 of 21. And that was good enough for a win against a two-time Super Bowl champion winning quarterback slash head coach. What is, like, rock bottom? There are varying levels of rock bottoms. Ask anybody who's hit rock bottom. Like, maybe you thought you hit rock bottom and then something worse happened. Maybe your wife left you and then you lost your job. Where are we at? (laughs) on the sliding scale of rock bottoms for this Chiefs offense. Because every time I think like, okay, it's not going to get any worse. You just lost to Aiden O'Connell who threw for 61 yards. What's happening? So I've been saying on this very show for weeks that it, it really felt like this Chiefs team needed to hit rock bottom. They needed to get to a point in the season where it, it was like, this is as bad as it could possibly get. And now it's time to rethink the whole thing. And that really hasn't happened, despite the fact that they've lost a lot of football games recently. Like, I didn't feel like it was quite that way against the Green Bay Packers. I didn't feel like it was quite that way against the Buffalo Bills or the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I I think they really needed this kind of loss. But man, that was such a bad performance that I'm not even like... You know, sometimes championship caliber teams can rally around these kinds of bad performances and and it'll really kick them, kickstart them and get them moving forward the rest of the way. We're too late in the year for that. So, no, what is there to what's there to build off of? 
Like because nothing, nothing. because the what you just good today, but that didn't make a difference when the offense could can't function. Like when Patrick Mahomes is running for his life on literally every snap of the game. Because what you just described, that moment that forces everybody to look in the mirror, right? Take inventory. What do we need to change? That happened weeks ago. Like to act like this would be the moment that serves as the wake up call for the Chiefs. No, they they had a bad month and a half of football like that. That's already happened. So at this point in the season, with only two weeks now left in the regular season, I'm not even I'm not to the point where I think that this is going to force guys to sort of wake up and maybe start taking accountability like that moment has passed. And now we are left with more questions than answers here with two weeks left in the regular season. And quite frankly, like for the longest time, there's always been this idea, okay, you got Andy Reid, you got Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. And we've seen that mystique sort of evaporate this season. Time after time, having the ball down with two minutes to go, Mahomes with a chance to drive up the field and get the win. We've seen them come up short. And that to me is a microcosm of the season. That's where you're at in the year. It's like, okay, you're at the end of the regular season. Things haven't really went according to plan, but you're going to the playoffs. You're still probably going to win the division. So you just need a chance in the postseason. But we've got 16 weeks of football. Are you still holding out hope that when the lights are brightest in the postseason, all of a sudden this offense is going to – all of a sudden, like Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore – and Marquez Valdez-Scaling in the postseason, even though they couldn't do it during the regular season, when the lights are brightest, that's when they're going to show off this offense is going to start clicking and we're going to have this Disney fairy tale ending to the season. No, I don't. I don't think I don't think you should pull any kind of optimism from this team this season. Um, we, we've talked about it a ton right here, too, is the most frustrating part about the offense just to, kind of totally folding the season and. You know, they put a lot of resources in the offensive line and that wide receiver room and made bets that we can get the most out of this group of guys. And it has not worked out in any way. And they're wasting a defense this season that is the best it's ever going to be for Patrick Mahomes because they got a lot of question marks this offseason. They got to make a lot of decisions on that side of the ball. And I think it's safe to say that barring some incredible draft classes or something, this is as good as it's ever going to be on the defensive side of the football. But the problem is the offense is so bad that it doesn't even matter that you can, the defense can totally shut down the Raiders on the offensive side of the ball and they still lose a football game where they look totally incompetent on that side. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating. And I'm at a point where I don't even care about the wide receivers anymore because we're going to keep complaining about that and complaining about that. The offensive line is the biggest issue right now. Jawan Taylor has been bad. Wanye Morris, rookie, had a really bad day today, but has shown some signs of progress. Donovan Smith, when he's been in there and healthy, has not been particularly good. And the biggest issue is that we keep talking about the Chiefs' interior of the offensive line, and Trey Smith left this game for a while today too because he got banged up. But we keep talking about that interior offensive line, and they even did it on the broadcast. Like, oh, that's one of the best interiors in the NFL. Those guys haven't been playing particularly well this season. Like, the offensive line, which was supposed to be a strength of this team, 
is letting them down. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life today. He had absolutely no time to throw the ball, so he was moving all over the field. And then even, even when he was buying time, nobody's getting open. Like, the offense is just totally non-functional right now. And this is still a playoff team. They're still going to get into the postseason, but I'm not confident that they're going to beat anybody, even in an AFC where I feel like there's no dominant team. Yeah, like saying this is a playoff team is sort of like, touting uh, a thousand yard receiver be like well he's he caught for he went for a thousand this year it's like yeah there's 40 guys who went for a thousand this year congratulations the bengals might make them the steelers might make the playoffs like i don't care that they're a playoff team what are you gonna do when you get there and it's so odd to me like i go back to the germany game the chiefs beat the dolphins what was the final score in that 21 to 14. Yeah. And that was the last time this season where I thought, okay, Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Big game, big matchup. This is still the team to beat in the AFC. And then ever since then, it's just been data point after data point to suggest that, like, no, there are some chinks in this armor and, like, it's not going to get figured out this year. There is no rah-rah, motivational speech, coaching change, schematic adjustment that's going to fix this team. It's a talent problem. It's a talent problem. And I think what, what happens, Serta, is like you talked about the offensive line and there's a lot of people talking about play calling and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. like what was his impact on this team versus what Nagy's doing, Andy Reid, like et cetera, et cetera. What happens is like there is an issue on the team. You can't figure it out. And then it snowballs. It's well, maybe it's the play calling. Maybe it's the wide receivers coach. It's like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to what started this conversation, which is your receivers aren't good enough. You 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 have maybe the worst receiver core in the NFL. And when you don't have a single guy on the roster that can create separation on his own, we start to look at how do you fix it? And if you can't fix it, then now it's a coaching problem. Now it's a play calling problem. Now it's a Mahomes problem. Now it's a offensive line problem because he doesn't have enough time because he needs an eternity back there to wait for someone to create separation. I just feel like as we, as we get down the home stretch of this season and we start to really get creative as to what the big issue is, like, I know you said you, you're done with the receivers, which, like, I get it. You know, we've been talking about this for four months. Like, I don't really want to harp on the receivers anymore yeah. either. But, like, at the end of the day, that's what this is. You went into the season thinking these guys were going to be good enough to compete for a Super Bowl. They're not. And now all hell has broken loose within that organization, at least in terms of, like, what we're seeing in terms of an on-field product. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last season uh, in the middle of a Chiefs Super Bowl run that the, that big playoff performance from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, yeah, against like, the Bengals. Yeah. It's like, that's that's going to be a negative long-term for this team because... <laughs> They're going to be I, like, see? Yeah, Look. like, I was going into that postseason saying they're cutting him. Like, why would they keep him around? He has that big game against the Bengals, and I was like, oh, no, that means he's going to be back next season. And they they legitimately came into this season thinking... Marquez Valdez-Scantling is our veteran guy in that room. He's the guy that we can lean on, and he's the guy that can make plays. And he's been just as bad as Sky Moore. Like, Sky Moore, 
I'll even I'll even give him a little bit of a pass because that's a a young player that you drafted from a small school who had never been at this level of competition before. And you were banking on his skill set and your ability to develop him. And sometimes you just totally whiff on those picks. And it seems like that is a total miss by the Kansas City Chiefs draft pick wise. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we had a huge sample size of what he had done in the NFL. And his his biggest problem with the Green Bay Packers was drop passes, getting open, winning contested catches, sure. like all things that he was terrible at last season, That's terrible at this year, except now he's a seven-year veteran who has taken an even bigger step back, and he's a total liability when he's on the field at all. Like, it's just... It's the Chiefs made a lot of bets this offseason on the offensive side of the ball. And Patrick Mahomes isn't blameless in this. Like he made bad plays today. He played bad. Some of that is him just running for his life the entire game. But it, it just it just doesn't feel like there's any answer. And then you mentioned the coaching like it, it is on the coaching at this point because it's week after week. That fourth and one play call where they couldn't even snap the ball. They had to burn a timeout. That's it's things like that procedural things that are problems every single week. And on that final touchdown drive where Mahomes was finally looked like Mahomes and they look kind of competent on offense and he has to create something out of nothing on that touchdown pass to Justin Watson. They finally went hurry up, which is the only time the offense has looked reasonable recently, but Andy refuses to stick with it. I understand it's tough to stay in a a hurry up offense in the NFL, for long stretches of time, but that's the only time the offense looks coherent at all because they don't have time for, for all of the motions and all of the resetting and moving around and all the complicated things that they seem to be awful at. They just got to line up and go play, and that's the only time they look functional on offense, but Andy Reid refuses to do it week after week until they absolutely have to. Yeah, I think that's been like going back to even Philadelphia. That's If Andy Reid has a weakness, it is you can describe it a lot of different ways, but the way I like to think about it is he is so singularly focused on the next play on what play I am going to use to leverage your defensive scheme against you that he misses the in the, in the moment type stuff of what can I take advantage of right this second? What is going on in terms of, like you just said, like playing the quick game, work to the Chiefs' advantage, and you just kind of missed it because you're thinking about the next play. And for the record, like a lot of people, like I saw Narrowhead Pride Twitter, everyone, like a million Fire Nagy tweets. If you if you are on the Fire Nagy train, I'm not trying to talk you off of it by any means. I would argue you have to describe like what it is about him that you don't like. Because if we're just talking about play calling, make no mistake. Andy Reid has been, is the play caller, has been the play caller, will be the play caller, whether it's Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, Doug Peterson, it doesn't matter. Like Andy Reid is calling the plays. Where I question the difference between the Chiefs offense this year and last year, because we look at the personnel, it's almost identical with the exception of Juju Smith-Schuster, and nobody thinks like that's the difference between last year's team and this year's. I wonder if, like, the fact that we always heard the whispers, sort of, and you, I, I know you heard this too, like, oh, the players, like, they don't necessarily get along with the enemy. Like, he's kind of a hard ass, and there's a lot of infighting. We ever considered for a moment that, like, maybe that's what this team needs? 
is yes. someone who's not their buddy. Somebody is going to be hard on them. Someone who's going to, I know, coach them. Like, who's not interested in being your best friend, but he's like, I'm going to get the best out of you and you may not like me, but like, I'm going to hold you accountable. And I don't know, we're not there. So like, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of like filling in the blanks here, but it certainly seems like there is something missing from the equation. And the only thing I can really point to is the fact that he's not in that room anymore. And I, I think that is the biggest thing. I, I think that that that's the biggest issue is that like Eric B was kind of like the accountability glue of the locker room and like Travis Kelsey bad today again, like this has been become a common thing with him where dropping passes. Uh, he, he's just not making plays out there. He's getting called for penalties, like getting frustrated and not acting like he's supposed to be the leader on the team and the guy that's supposed to rally. Like he can get on his podcast after the game and say all the positive things, Ooh. but it's not happening during the game. It, We're going not, after podcasters. Yeah. Today, folks. Like, I, I mean, it, it's just, they should expect so much more of him. And I understand he's aging. He's getting up there. They don't have a lot of playmakers around him, but he has been flat out bad for a long stretch of time now for the Kansas city chiefs this season. And he continues to drop passes and have mistakes every single week. Like Patrick Mahomes deserves some blame today. No, no doubt about it. That pick six was just a, a bad throw. He had no business making that throw and then got kind of lucky that they overturned the other one. But it, it's the, the, the Matt Nagy stuff. Like everybody's been saying that. And I totally agree with you, Nick, like, they can fire him. I don't really care because I don't think that it, it really has anything to do with it. I think it's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid saying, well, I mean, this stuff works and has worked in the past. And it, it's incredibly frustrating because we see a, a play caller like Sean McVay and what the Rams are doing right now and what they're working with. And obviously, like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, both really, really amazing players. And Puka Nakua has been absolutely incredible for them this season. But you see the Rams do it week after week after week. They lean into a different part of the offense that he is working on for each individual game plan. And it doesn't feel like the Chiefs are doing enough of that. It feels like they keep going out there and just trying the same things over and over again and saying, well, Patrick has always made it work. So why isn't it working now? And there's no answer this season. There's no answer. I don't feel confident in the offense putting anything together. Like in the playoffs against talented teams, this defense can go toe to toe with any team in the NFL, but this offense, you really think this offense is putting up 20 plus points against a playoff caliber defense against the Cleveland Browns defense or the Baltimore Ravens or the way the Buffalo bills are playing right now, because I don't see how you could feel confident in that whatsoever. No, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's kind of a cliche of you want to be peaking at the right time. You want to be peaking going into the playoffs. The chiefs are playing the worst football going into the playoffs. I don't necessarily Joe Flacco think keeps throwing for 300 yards. Amari Cooper had 250 receiving yards yesterday. I mean, bro, I don't think you have to be peaking going into the play. Like, you can get hot at the right time. But, like, I'm not sure you can be playing your worst football going into the playoffs and just expect everything to be fixed. I think the problem is, like, this offense is such a muddled, jumbled mess. Like, you touched on a lot of different things there. Yeah, that pick six – one of the worst decisions that we've seen Mahomes make. Like, he just doesn't make those throws. Uh, Travis Kelsey, yeah, this is just like, like, did he not put enough zip on it? Did, like, was it just, was he just not, like, I don't know. It's just, 
These are not the kinds of plays we typically have to like break down and react to for Mahomes. It's just so uncharacteristic. And that to me is like the buzzword for the Chiefs this year. Uncharacteristic. All these different things we're not used to seeing. It's such a mess that like I go back to what you were talking about there with Kelsey and he's bad today. He's been bad this season. It's all relative, right? He's still one of the top two or three, if not the number one tight end in the NFL. But like when everything's going wrong, everything else becomes more noticeable. Like we notice Kelsey's bad games more when he's not getting any help from the receiver room. We notice Mahomes' mistakes more when he has to be perfect for the Chiefs to win. We notice Andy Reid's play calling more when the players aren't executing on the plays that are supposed to work. Like the frustration on this team is so evident. It is so clear that like, this is not just an external thing, like in the locker room, in that building, they know too, like this is effed and we don't know how to fix it. I'm just like, I go back to 2019. Like you were talking about the play calling, Nagy, Reid, like whatever. Like, Matt Nagy probably could have been the OC in 2019. They're still winning the Super Bowl. But like when, when things weren't perfect, when the personnel isn't perfect, when the scheme isn't perfect, when the blocking isn't perfect, when maybe Travis Kelsey is no longer the greatest tight end of all time, like in his prime, there's more pressure on everybody else to just do enough. And the issue with this Chiefs team is that like maybe the play calling has gotten a little worse, Serta. Maybe Kelsey has gotten a little worse. Maybe Mahomes has his decision making has been a little worse this year. The issue is that nobody else, and I mean nobody else, has stepped up to pick up the slack, to even it out, to still be one of the best teams in the NFL. It's just like Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that's where you're at. There's two weeks to go. You have shown no sign that you're on the uptick, that you're figuring things out. And like, I wouldn't blame anybody for just kind of throwing in the towel on this season as a Chiefs fan. It's, and I'm willing to bet that some of it too is like Andy Reid saying where we see like what Zach Taylor has done for Jake Browning, what Kevin Stefanski has done with Joe Flacco and a bunch of other quarterbacks this season, where we see all these play callers kind of adjust to what the guys they have available can do. And Patrick Mahomes can do everything, so I think that's part of it where it's like there's no adjustment because you're just like, well, yeah, but Mahomes can do everything. Like, why would we have to cater game plans to like what he can do when he can accomplish everything on the football field? And it's like, well, because things are, are too complicated. Obviously, there's procedural issues on the offensive side of the ball every single week. Like, just dumb this thing down. Like, just make it simple so you stop having dumb penalties every week make things easier so Mahomes doesn't have to go out there and try to carry everything on himself like it, it's just so frustrating to continue to watch and 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 it's just it it really is just continues to highlight just a, an incredibly frustrating season from the Chiefs and like and I'm generally the person that's like trying to be more optimistic about it like I'm like oh yeah but if you didn't have if you didn't catch this bad break in, in this game, you know, you win that football game. If it wasn't for this mistake in, in this moment of the game, like you totally win that game. Like, no, this is just who they are now. And, and yeah. we have to accept that this season. Like, 
I, I'm not saying that like they're still a playoff team, uh, number one seed. I guess we can talk about the playoff picture now because that's out the window. Yeah. And I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I didn't think there was a chance they were going to get it anyway. So I'm glad we can stop having those conversations. That is out the window now, even before the Baltimore Ravens play the San Francisco 49ers. Like you're just not going to catch up to Baltimore now. You're two game back, two games back in Miami now, and they've got a really tough schedule the rest of the way. But it, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get a first round bye. So Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play his first road playoff game in his career. And you know, even if you uh, against Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals, even if they look decent, and Cincinnati's defense really banged up right now, really struggling to stop yeah. anybody. So like it's a good matchup for them hosting the Bengals next week. And, and then you get the chargers. Like those are two favorable matchups for the chiefs offense to end the season. But at this point, no matter what you're going on the road in the playoffs and you need Patrick Mahomes to be perfect, to have any chance of winning those games, in my opinion. And I you don't know see what? I feel confident about it at all. Sir, it's not even the on the road stuff. Like I know that stack gets thrown around. It's more so a stat to illustrate how good the Chiefs have been under Mahomes. I feel like it's weird when people try and use it against Mahomes to say like, well, he's never went on the roads. I'm like, okay, are you trying to suggest that you don't think Patrick Mahomes could win a road playoff game? Like he's just, he doesn't have it. Like, so I'm not worried about Mahomes going on the road. I'm worried about this team having to win three games to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Like what have you seen from this team that suggests that they're just going to run through. I mean, what would what would a potential playoff run look like right now? If let's say the Defense Chiefs would have to force turnovers, that's no. Sure. I mean, no. I mean, like who who would it be against? If you're the three seed, uh, you're playing, and you're probably right now. If you're the three seed, you would be looking at the Buffalo Bills in the first round. The way, <laughs> okay. Well, that's. <laughs> not exactly a, a slow introduction into postseason football, playing a team that's looking like one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, is there any other scenario? Can can we perhaps? I, I mean, the if, if can we get the Colts, the, the Texans, perhaps like. It, it, it could shake up in the AFC South a little bit because that's such a tight race because Jacksonville keeps losing games. Now they're tied with the Colts and Texans. So depending how that division shakes out, it, it could really move the standings around. But that's like a best case scenario because it doesn't seem like Buffalo is dropping another game unless they drop Ooh, that, dude, that week 18 game to the Dolphins. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season like the matchup would be Chiefs, Bills, for a chance to get to the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Like, what? I thought that would have been like an AFC championship game preview. I, listen, I can deal with the Chiefs not winning the Super Bowl. You don't get to do it every single year. It's a down year. As much as we want to, like, rain on the parade, like, I still think the trajectory of this franchise is in a great place. Like, I wouldn't trade places with any other organization. But with that being said, I can't do a, I can't do a first round playoff. It's, like, come on, I have more pride than that. I need to at least see a dub in the playoffs just to make me feel good about the season. It's, uh, I totally agree. And when the expectation is Super Bowl every year, like, I, I, I do get frustrated with the conversations that we're having around this team. Where once upon a time we would have just been over the moon just to win one playoff game, and this yeah. Team is and still by the way, 
by the way, Serta, if they win one playoff game, like we'll all be sitting here ahead of the divisional round matchup saying, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they maybe they found something. It's it, it's a tough loss, uh, you know, really tough way. I, I hope we don't ever have to sit through another NFL game on Christmas because this is not. Yeah, thank you. By the way, thanks for thanks for calling my number. Yeah, you know, I've never done a, one of these post game shows on AP. I appreciate you taking me away from my family on Christmas yeah. after that after that uh, embarrassment of a game. I, to, I apologize. Uh, break things down with you. Um, Rocky never misses post game shows, but Christmas was the one thing he, he couldn't do. So I, I really appreciate you stepping up. I want to remind you guys <laughs> if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, stick around after the break. We'll have all the post game press conferences for you if you uh, uh, really feel like torturing yourself a, a little bit more on this holiday. Uh, Chiefs fall to the Raiders 20 to 14 um, and, and just an incredibly frustrating game. Kramer. I'm going to give you a second to come up to the stage because it's Christmas and your Raiders got to win. So this is my Christmas present to you, Kramer. You got like 30 seconds. Hey, you know what? I appreciate it. I knew this game was over with as soon as Jack Jones stared into the eyes to the soul of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes while he was crossing the end zone. And the best part about it was you can classify him as the Grinch because he stole that ball away from a kid he's already given it to, which that was just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I also was not sitting down at all for the remainder of the second half once it started. So that's <laughs> juices were flowing here. I hope you have a horrible Christmas. I hope your food's <laughs> overcooked. I hope you're. I hope you got snow in your driveway. Hope it's raining right in your stocking. Yeah, yeah. I wish you nothing but the worst after that game. You know what? I yeah. appreciate it. I'm glad we got the W. Uh, well, Merry Christmas to you, Kramer. Uh, everybody else is going to be upset the rest of the day on this holiday. But uh, again, make sure you stick around after the commercial break. We'll have all the post-game press conferences for you. We're uh, on to week 17 against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk to you later this week. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs fall 20-14 to to the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Day. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and linebacker Nick Bolton. We'll go in that order, starting with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Um, listen, they, they played a better game than what we did today, in particular our offense. We, we struggled. That's my responsibility to make sure I'm putting the guys in the right position to make plays. And uh, it didn't uh, it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to. So um, again, we're on a short week here, uh, so we're gonna get everybody back in and give them a day off and get everybody back in and get ready for uh, Cincinnati. But I take full responsibility for that, um, for the way we played offensively there, and um, and then defensively. I mean, we did did some really good things. So. Uh, we've just got to straighten out some things on on the offensive side, and we'll be all right. So, anyways, with that time, Drew. And do you have any concern that the frustrations are boiling over in an unhealthy way instead of a uh, galvanizing way right now? Um, no, I don't think so. And what, what, have, what, what can you do to best account for how the offense was yeah, we just we're just off the tick, and again, that's my responsibility. To make sure I give them the right stuff to to work with in the run game and the pass game. So, um, you know, that's what's got to take place. Andy, on the fumble, it looked like Pat wasn't maybe expecting the ball back. Did I 
see that wrong or, or, or something? Yeah, he was getting it back. We just we, they had penetration on, so Pacheco was trying to protect the ball there the best he could, and then it got knocked out. So. Yeah, listen, I mean, um, he went back in and did a, did a nice job. So things happen. Emotional game. I, you know, Trav's emotional, and sometimes my red hair gets to me a little bit. Um, and so that but it all works out. Andy, how do you feel Patrick's sort of state of mind is, is after this game? It seems again like a, a point of frustration. Yeah, he'll be, he, he's fine. That's a, we just got to get through this. We get through this and... We'll be all right. Coach, it looks like Clyde did some impressive things yesterday. Can you talk to us about, you know, what you've done in practice? Yeah, no, he did. He did a real nice job uh, when we gave him the chance in there. So, um, had some nice nice carries and nice touches, period. So, he's playing good football. Marquez had the call for offensive offsides early in the game, and again, it was early. Was there any warning on that again, or is it kind of all the- I think it was more of the, the formation we were – it wasn't as much the uh, offside, more formation. Coach, anything you can put your finger on as far as just the, the protection with Eddie? It seemed like Patrick was having a bailout. Yeah. Yeah, listen, they, they did a good job with all their rush stuff. They st- it started early. I mean, they, they um, even against the runs, they, were, they, had, they had penetration. So, uh, again, we've got stuff in our offense that I can give the guys where, you know, that, that didn't take place. And so I've got to make sure that's in there and going. Can you talk more on the defense keeping you all in the game after the uh, early turnover? Yeah, I uh, thought the defense did a, did a nice job. I mean, we're really uh, giving up, what, six points and then uh, uh, the quick turnaround on things and, um, you know, field position, all those things that were, they had to bear down on. I thought they did a good job with it. Coach, I'm sure we, we find it is harder to prepare for it. No, I mean, we, that's, part, that's part of the national football. We've got to make sure we take care of business there. Uh, learn from what what took place and, and and move forward. That's what you that's what you do, and so that's where we're at right now. Coach, does this loss feel you more going in for the obviously last couple weeks of the season? I know. I mean, you know, every in this league, every win you want, you know, you want to take advantage of and and, and bank those. But um, uh, so you, and you spend a lot of time in this thing trying to prep for it and. Uh, you surely don't want losses, so but they're they're all they're all tough. Um, uh, you know we we'll get through this one and we we learn from it and we we move on. Last one, Sam. Andrew, you testified that you're finding enough open windows, and that when you do find those open windows, that the ball's getting out in time. Yes. All right. Thank all right. Thanks. Patrick, what stands out most? Um. Yeah, I think just the mistakes offensively. Uh, I thought defense played a good game. Uh, just two mistakes that uh, gave them two touchdowns there down the when you're backed up um, in their red zone. So um, you just can't do that, especially when defense is playing like they're playing. So I just got to be better in that sense and not making those mistakes and uh, try to find a way to play the game um, in the best way to win it. Patrick, is it hard to find a line in that kind of situation to not press too much? And, you know, when a mistake happens or a back-to-back mistakes happen? And um. Yeah, I mean, I think as competitors, you want to make a play happen. Um, but at the same time, you got to know the flow of the game. It's something that I've tried to learn over my career. Um, those two, mis- but those two mistakes at that moment kind of put us in the hole, and we weren't able to climb out of it. And so, I'm um, just trying to find a way to eliminate those. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, it got us today. The interception in particular. What did you see that, that went wrong? 
Yeah, I just he made a good play, man. Um, he was off coverage, read it um, by the probably by the alignment or something like that, and just made a good play. Uh, I just can't make that throw. Um, I try to be on time with it, but uh, he obviously made a great play on there and got it, got, and got the pick six. What about the fumble? What happened yeah, I was supposed to take the handoff, um, and I uh, just we didn't have a good good exchange. Um, just like any other way, uh, we worked on it all week. Um, they had got some penetration um, with their defensive line, and we just didn't we didn't make it happen. But uh, those are things you just can't let happen. You secure the handoff first, and then let the rest of the play develop. Yeah, I think they had a good they had a good game plan, man. They 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 did a good job of flipping coverages. Um, they did a good job, and when they were in man, playing pretty good coverage. When they were in zone, they were in the right spots. Um, and then the defensive line got home whenever they needed to. Uh, they they had a good game plan. They played hard. They played they played a good football game, and uh, all credit to them, man. Uh, um, they played better than us today, and they, and they were the team that deserved to win. What do you want to see in the locker room this week? I mean, all you can do is just just move on to the next next day, the next game. Um, we're going to be playing a Cincinnati team that I mean, obviously wants to beat us. Um, they're playing good football. Um, their quarterback's playing really good. Their defense has always always played good with their defense coordinator. And so um, all you can do is just move on, learn from your mistakes, get better. Um, and, uh, I mean, I still believe that we can we can go do what we want to do. It's just uh, how can we correct it as quickly as possible. We're at two games left um, that are guaranteed. Um, and then you, you, you talk about the playoffs. And so all you can do is move on to that next day, that next day get better then, and try to be better the next time we, hit, we step on the field. What tells you that these things can be fixed in whatever time you have left here? Um, I think just you see glimpses of it. I mean, you see glimpses of us moving the football. You see glimpses of us scoring in the red zone. Um, it's just we haven't consistently done it enough um, game in and game out. Um, at this end of the season, we kind of had one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. Um, but uh, we have to be more consistent because when you get to the playoffs, you have to string some together. And so um, I think our focus this week is how can we be better um, against Cincinnati and how can we find a way to, be, to beat a, a good football team. Um, we'll obviously look at the tape, uh, learn from it, um, and then try to come back with a better mentality this next week. Um, I think it's all, I think it's more than anything, it's just consistency. I think I've, I've said it, but it's just, I mean, you see drives where we drive right down the field, score, and we're doing everything the right way, and then you see drives where we kind of hurt ourselves. You see drives where we stall out quick. Um, I think it's just we have to continue to, to prove it because defenses aren't, they're not changing. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same coverages by different variations by different teams, and they're just doing their good of flipping the coverages, playing man when they need to, playing zone when they need to, and then counting on us to make mistakes, and we, we have. Um, and so uh, I think just, we got to clean. If we clean it up, we'll be able to score points. It's just we got to clean it up. I mean, I mean, that's we're two games left. You have to do it, and if we don't, we'll be going home. So I think if we clean it up, uh, we'll have. If we clean it up, we can beat anybody. Uh, I truly believe that. Um, but uh, we got to prove that we can do it. Look, like you talk to linemen a lot, talk to your receivers a lot during the game and after the game. Is that the sort of stuff you're really trying to get across the most, or anything in particular? Yeah, I think just you want to keep guys in the right spirit. I mean, obviously, we know. Um, that we weren't executing at the level that we wanted to throughout the game. Um, but I thought the guys did a great job of fighting until the very end. Um, it's just, I mean, we just got to continue to get better and better. We, these, these self-inflicted uh, mistakes, and it's not just one person. I mean, I've made, I made a couple of them today, um, but it's just like one, one here and there But from everybody. If we can just all be on the same page and execute at a high level, um, then we can get that Chiefs offense y'all are used to seeing. Um, but uh, we have to, like I said, we have to prove it. Um, have, that's going to be the end of the day. Um, but we got the guys to do it. We just got to go out there and do it. <coughs>
can you just tell us your perspective, your perspective just what happened out there and just what, what you see? We got to be better overall as a team, collectively. Um, it's not just one group. I think special teams, defense, um, we had an opportunity to stop them, get the offense the chance to get the ball back and score, and um, we didn't. We wasn't successful, I think, collectively as a whole. We got to be better overall, especially in critical situations. I, I mean, I, you know, we, we appreciate you, you know, saying everyone needs to be better, but when y'all when kind of hold the offense to 60 yards passing, It'll all come together. I think more so as a team for us now, it's about pushing and pulling, um, pulling each other together and pushing each other throughout the week so we can continue to get better. We got two more games left for this season, and um, I think it's important that um, we put emphasis on pulling and pushing each other together. I'm quite, I have a lot of confidence in this team. I have a lot of confidence in this defense, this special team, and this offense that we're going to get better. And um, that, that's, that's the motto going into this week, make sure we continue to push each other. I guess King has been eliminated from the number one seed. You know, I know that's not your top, your number, your first goal, but it's always a goal in there along the way. Is it disappointing to, to be in that position, or do you just look at, hey, we still control our destiny as far as the division? Um, I think more so as a team, we kind of focus on winning the AFC West. And then whatever falls after that, um, we kind of look forward to. Um, I think we should, the number two seed is still open, right? So everything we want is still ahead of us, right? Um, number one, number two, they still only one seed get the um, bye week, right? Number one. And number two still get a home game and can continue to play at home throughout the playoff. And, um that's, that's right ahead of us. we got to finish strong as a team, um, make sure we execute and uh, win these last two games, and I think we'll be where we want to be. Chris, what about the game plan uh, allowed you guys to just pressure Ava, uh, the quarterback so consistently? I, th- I think um, Spags had a heck of a game plan on a lot of these guys, sending pressure, and the front four guys, they got after it. Charles Aminihu, George Karloftis, Mike Dana. I think collectively we yeah, we got after the quarterback, and we was able to send a few blitzes and scheme him out. Was it deflating like, that the, the missed field goal in the first half? Because you, you guys have got that trick play on the punt and kind of seemed like you got the momentum going. You had the trick play at the touchdown earlier. It seemed like you guys kind of turned the tide. Does that kind of send you in the locker room on, on a sour note? Listen, man, Buck, Bucker has made so many field goals in critical situations for this team. Um, unfortunately, the win, the ball could have played a factor, but we continue to believe him. But, I mean, what he's been able to broadcast these last four to five years he's been here has been remarkable. So for him to miss a field goal, we know it's a rare sighting. So we still got his back, still support him. Chris, in your time in Kansas City, you know, you've kind of seen both sides of it. You were here at a time when the offense seemed like to score well and the defense was sometimes had its back. Now that it's kind of the other way around, it's the offense that's struggling. Is there anything that you've learned in those early years and those days that you can kind of lean on now, and even whether it's just helping the defense stay focused or trying to encourage the offense? I think we encourage each other. I think we continue to push each other throughout the week. Um, I've been very fortunate, man. Um, this offense for the last, what, five, six, seven years has put up so many points for us, has won so many games. And um, that's the thing about this league, man. Um, as you get better, as you win, 
good players tend to leave, right? And then you continue to build off of younger guys. And we got a young group, a young core, whether it's offense, defense side of the ball. And we got to continue to to hone in on those guys, making sure they're getting better week in and week out. And I, I think and I believe that as we continue to push those guys before the end of the year, they'll continue to hit strides into the playoffs. How surreal was that stretch about five minutes ago before halftime where back-to-back plays, the, the Raiders' defense scores a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I mean, have you seen anything like that before where a defense you know, gets touchdowns on back-to-back plays like that? It's the NFL, man. Anything can happen, you know. Um, <clears throat> they jumped a, a stick route, you know, and um, things like that happen. Merry Christmas. Yeah, man, I think it's uh, it's a little frustrating right now. Um, again, uh, we just got to find a way to, uh, to tackle uh, for our defense. Speaking of first, second down, uh, we got to tackle a little bit better. Uh, we had an opportunity in four minutes to get the ball back to the offense. Uh, I think I got to shoot my gun a little bit faster. I'll find a way to get him on the ground and, and prevent the explosive play. Uh, I feel like we kind of had momentum at that point. Uh, we were able to get a stop. I think we've been third and long on that play. After that, uh, we, our, likely, our likelihood of getting Pat the ball back uh, probably goes up. So I uh, just got to find a way to get him on the ground. Can you assess the, uh, the defense play overall, especially since after the turnovers, you all gave it a short field yep. and you're out there pretty quick? Yeah, man, I think uh, every week our mindset is uh, we kind of want to outplay the other defense. Uh, we don't really care uh, about the offense. We're just going to outplay the other defense, create turnovers, master turnovers or sacks, um, and get Patrick the ball as many times as possible. Um, today we didn't do that. Uh, we got to find a way to get turnovers. Uh, it's kind of one of our things that we can improve on uh, the last couple of weeks for sure, uh, getting the ball back to the offense, especially in short fields and um, winning backed-up situations, uh, kind of let them out. A little bit, a couple of times, and then flip the field, um, and then that's hitting yard to try offense. One more time. What will it be like preparing for a new quarterback against the Bengals? Yeah, man, I think it's just every single week we kind of do the same thing. Uh, kind of go in there, uh, get the game plan, uh, kind of see see the guys that go to guys are, and try to figure out a way to take them away. Um, they got a talented uh, group of routeouts, uh, running backs as well. Uh, tight ends getting a little bit more involved now, so it's going to take all eleven of us. Is there a frustration that seeps in knowing that, you know, hey, this is a game where you just came off and you give up a completed pass after the first quarter, yet, you know, you lose because you have, the offense gives up 14 points. Is there any frustration kind of seeps in on the defensive side in a situation like that? Yeah, I think it's a frustration that comes for our team. Uh, we had an opportunity to win a division this week, and we didn't do it. So uh, I wouldn't say from a defensive side of uh, perspective, but I think as a team, uh, we felt like we missed opportunity today. How impressive is Yeah, I've been saying it uh, since training camp. LJ's one of the best corners in the league, if not uh, top three, uh, for sure. Uh, he's able to challenge guys at the line of scrimmage. Not a lot of guys challenge at the line of scrimmage like he does, uh, bringing physicality. Uh, he's also tackles. Uh, perimeter guys, both our corners, man, they, they tackle out in space. And so uh, you got all those three things at a corner, man, it's special. Uh, he's been doing it every single week, second second days, and um, he's been lined up against the best wide out on every team. So, so uh, LJ Snead is probably uh, one of the top three corners in this league for sure. Yep, thank you.